The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky soil, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So, semi-continuous, here we are as we look at the... uh, the first reading, they actually kind of go together in a strange way. But whenever I hear a story about Esau, it reminds me specifically of my wedding. He wasn't there, but, um, but as we were getting ready to send out our invitations, we were looking for an appropriate Bible verse to put on the invitation. And my father-in-law had a number of suggestions, none of which were taken, Um, One of them in relationship to Esau, there is a a passage not far from this morning's text that says Esau was a hairy man. It's the whole verse. (laughs) Seems powerful, not exactly wedding invitation material, but but a strong verse. It's kind of curious because in the Bible we get these descriptions of people or we get none. Like, think of all of the verses that describe what Jesus looked like. See, there are none. None at all. None that say he was tall, short, big voice. Nothing. Nothing. Not a word. But John the Baptist, we start to get some images, at least of what he wore and what he ate. And Esau, we get maybe too much detail. (laughs) Too much detail. We've had the readings of Abraham and Isaac. We've had the story of Abraham sending his servants off to the old country that they might find a wife for Isaac. And now we're hearing the story as it continues to move through the generations. Isaac and Rebekah, 20 years that they've waited 
for a child. And we get this overly simplified story about two boys that are very different from one another. Now, for myself, I have a brother who is three years younger than me, and so I have the sense of, you know, what it is to grow up with a brother. (laughs) And both of us lived. (laughs) But there is that sense of that struggle and how you get from birth to adulthood. And that's what takes us to the gospel text. The gospel text for today is familiar to us. Usually we hear it in Mark, where Matthew got the story. We hear the story about the different types of soil. And as we were gathering a Bible study this last week, we were trying to come up with words that described the sower, the farmer. And the words that came up were careless, reckless, somebody who's just throwing seed everywhere, doesn't care where it lands, as if the path just sprung up in that place, and the farmer had no idea it was there. But the farmer knew. The farmer knows where the path is, where the thorns are, where the ground is rocky, where it's going to respond the best. But nonetheless, the seed continued to be distributed. It's kind of a strange reading in that regard, and usually how we interpret that text is that there's good soil and there's bad soil. And we often spend a lot of time, because we like doing it, pointing out the bad soil. Usually there is an understanding that there are good people and there are just bad apples, right? And they can't help it. That's just the way they are from the very beginning. There's nothing that can be helped. I just finished reading a book called In the Garden of the Beasts, and it's a history, kind of written in a novel form, but it's a nonfiction piece written by Eric Larson. Some of you may be familiar with his work. It's essentially a biography of a period of time in the life of William Dodd, who was the American ambassador to Berlin from 1933 to 1937. Another period of time in history when we might look out and just say, bad apple, bad apple, bad soil. And that's it. That's the whole story. Write them off. And it allows us as people of faith often to feel very self-righteous, smug at times. We are the good soil. Then there's everyone else out there. It's kind of the Jacob and Esau story to some extent, right? Jacob is the good soil, and Esau is not. Not the good soil. It's the bad soil. And I think that is a challenge for us. As Christians, as we look at these texts, it's important for us to realize that we are all born in the same place. We come into creation in the same way. Not so much good or bad or rocky or thorny, but children of God. Every single one of us. Every person on this planet born as God's children. Well, if we start in that place, where do we go with this Gospel text? Because it's kind of fun to point out the different soil types, right? makes us feel better about ourselves, but in reality, the one thing that is static in the text 
is the generosity and the graciousness of the sower. The sower that continues to go around strewing seed even when it seems hopeless to the outside observer. And every day when we get up in the morning, sometimes we're rocky. Sometimes the cares of this world choke us down. Sometimes we're so distracted, we're like the path that the seed falls on and doesn't have a chance. And there are other times when our hearts are quiet and we hear God's voice and we sense that that word has been received. The next day is another day. (laughs) And we wake up in a different place. Although maybe the same place, but a different place. We wrestle with these images because I think one of the things that we should not take away from this is when we have those phases in our lives that are hard because of what life has thrown at us, it's easy to throw in the towel. But the fact of the matter is, the sower never gives up. Never. In the Gospel of Mark, it's interesting, we hear this exact same story, almost word for word identical. It's interesting that when we hear about the rocky soil, we're immediately reminded of the man in the story whose name is Rocky, Petros, Peter, who springs up immediately and responds immediately, but is challenged in the dark outside of the trial as to whether he is Jesus' friend or not, and he says no. But at the end of that gospel is a curious word. The angels are at the tomb talking to the women, and they say, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. The one who gave up. The one who turned his back. The rocky soil. The one whose roots were shallow. Him. Tell him specifically where to meet me. That reckless and gracious sower that comes around to us time and time again when we're ready and when we're not, but never giving up on us. I would encourage you as you hear the story of Jacob and Esau, and as you think of this good soil and rocky soil and the path, that you would be mindful that God never gives up on us and returns and returns and returns in ways that play out for generations. We're excited today as we gather. We see the landscaping coming together. We see the labyrinth in place all in just the last couple of weeks in a community of faith that has been together for six decades We gather mindful of these stories of Isaac and Rebekah, of Jacob and Esau, of us, and of God's faithfulness in being gracious to us. Amen.